Oh no, I hate to start off with sad news, but Ivanza Pasta is recalling 2,237 pounds of meat and poultry pasta because they were produced without any inspection from the U.S. Department of Agriculture's Food Safety and Inspection Service, FIS, F-I-F-S-I-S. And uh, the recall includes a long list of meat and poultry, ravioli and tortellini made from, is it tortellini? Yeah. Uh, made from October 5th, 2019 to March 12th, 2021. FIS has created a page with a complete list of the products. Uh, you can, you know, see the products on the FIS webpage, uh, on the uh, Food and Safety Inspection Service webpage and probably the recall page. Um, the list of products, oh, there's a link for the list of complete products here on the story. Maybe we'll go there, but it's a bunch of them. Okay. So, I mean, it's talking about Ivanza pasta, um, Ambrosino's, Conta de Savoia, Frankie's Deli, Nature's Best, Prisco's Family Market, and my favorite and more. So the USDA website says that all of the products will not bear any establishment number or a USDA mark of inspection, and the expiration dates on some of them extend into 2022. They've been distributed to restaurants, distributors, and retail locations in Illinois, Indiana, and Wisconsin. Now, there hasn't been any reports of illnesses linked to the food, and this urges people to return the items for a refund since many people may have these pasta dishes in their freezer. So be careful out there if you have uh, purchased any of the any of the pasta products. Wow, and I'm looking at there's two pages of, of products. Wow, meat tortellini, meat ravioli, uh, sausage ravioli medium, uh, chicken medium, Tuscan chicken media, sausage roll medium. Wow. So just go to the website and if you have these products, um, take them back. Or if you want to just say, hey, this uh, will take our chances because the company probably doesn't want to make people sick with their products. Um, you know, you can go ahead and take your chances. But I don't recommend that because, well, you don't want to be sick. Right? Right. Welcome. <laughs> 2,237 pounds of meat and poultry pasta products. Wow. That is not good for Ivanza pasta. Uh, welcome to Chewing the Fat. For those of you uh, like me who were ready to throw their phone through the window of your home last night because... All the apps that you use kept crashing and you thought, oh no, now I've got an issue with my phone and you deleted some apps and you went into emails and you deleted sent files and, and extra emails that you've been saving and you thought, oh, it's got to be my phone. You looked at all the downloads, you looked at everything and then you realize, oh, you mean there was an issue with uh, the Chrome and WebView? from uh, the Android apps crash. Oh, so Google has fixed it. That's nice of them. Uh, so apparently uh, apps were crashing uh, all over the world for Android users, and uh, Google has fixed the issue. Now, I put the story up on my Facebook page 
uh, both Jeff Fisher Radio and the regular Facebook page. And they put a link in this story from The Verge that uh, gets you to the Android system web view update and the new uh, Google Chrome uh, update. And so uh, you can uh, link to that and then do that on your phone. And everything is fine. It's working. Wow. I shouldn't have thrown my phone through the window. That's all. <laughs> Oh, probably shouldn't have done that. But, you know, if you were one of the people that did that, you can go retrieve your phone from the backyard and just, you know, do the update and it'll be working fine. Which means that you've got a few days left to enter the 24-hour digital detox. Some of you may have already, you know, started that last night if the apps were all uh, dropping like flies, which they were, just kept crashing. Uh, and wouldn't open at all. But uh, don't forget, uh, March 29th, end of this month, uh, 2021, uh, we've got, uh, for those of you listening live, it's the 23rd of March today, uh, 2021. You've got until the 29th to enter into the 24-hour digital detox. And you can earn 2400 bucks. Remember, we talked about this when this first launched, and we're coming down to the wire now for you to uh, you know, apply for the job. They're going to pay one person 2400 bucks to do a 24-hour digital detox. Think you could do it? I mean, I do. I believe I could do it for 24 hours. Now, you, that means everything, right? Uh, you, you know, I know you're interacting with screens and Zoom meetings and virtual visits and TV. and you know, You've got a lot of stuff uh, using the uh, digital world now that you use every day. That, uh, you know, no cell phone, no television, no gaming consoles, handheld gaming devices, no computers or laptops, no smart watches or wearable tech, no smart home devices, smart speakers, smart vacuums. Now they say the exception is they'll let you use a microwave. Oh, well, that's nice of them. Uh, so there's a digital detox challenge. You're going to have uh, 14 days to pick a day that works for your schedule. And then you'll be required to submit screen time reports to prove that you truly went a full 24 hours without your tech. So you get the uh, 2021 Digital Detox Challenger, 2400 bucks if you complete the challenge. And, uh, I, and you get a $200 Amazon gift card. Okay. I mean, I think I can do it. Uh, I think I could do it. I don't know what you, you know, for 24 hours, come on. I mean, you're going to sleep for you know, three or four of those hours. <laughs> you might actually get some more sleep than uh, than you usually get because you won't have to worry about having your digital world surrounding you, right? So you just crawl under the covers for the for the day. But uh, I mean, good luck. You got you know, you have to use a typewriter. I've got a couple of those in the garage somewhere. I don't even know if they haven't pulled them out there. You know, collector's editions now. But you know, I guess you use them. Board games, uh, writing on uh, with a you know a pencil and a paper. Wow. Uh, read read some books. Uh, you get to paint maybe. <laughs> so if you're 18 years of age, eligible to work in the U.S., you can apply. And they're going to announce uh, the names of those selected to be the detox challengers on March 29th on their uh, on the YouTube channel. So it's more than one. They're picking more than one. It's not just one. So it'll be interesting to see the differences in the people that they pick 
to do the 24-hour digital detox. I wonder if any of them will will start getting the shakes, start freaking out a little bit. It'll be a really interesting challenge to uh, <clears throat> to see. And I went to the digital detox challenge page from reviews.org slash internet dash service slash digital dash detox dash challenge. <laughs> and uh, it says here on their homepage, three out of four Americans consider themselves addicted to their phones. The majority of us check our phones once every nine minutes. That's 160 times a day. I, oh man, every nine minutes? Okay. Uh, we spend an average of 56 hours and 42 minutes per week watching TV. That's nearly 17 hours. Wow, that's more than 70, that's more than 17 hours, more than a full-time job. Okay, uh, good luck. I mean, I'll go ahead and apply and do it. Uh, everyone, I'm sure, not everyone, but most people think, oh, I can do that. I can do that for 24 hours. All right. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck. Kind of like fasting. Or you see the ads where, well, could you live in this cabin for a week without any internet service? Uh, you know, you could, and I mentioned fasting because, you know, the detox from the, you know, the phone, the digital detox from, you know, being plugged into everything. Uh, is uh, is a big deal. I know, and it's look. I joke around and say oh, I could do that for twenty four hours. But you know the the relaxing games that we have on our phones that we think is our downtime. You're still plugged in, right? Uh, that's your alarm clock in the morning for your phones. <laughs> so I mean, it's a, it's gonna be a, it's not gonna be as easy as you think it's going to be. And that's why, you know, reviews.org is doing their 24 hour digital detox. No question. Look, unplugging yourself is, you know, a lot easier said than done. And one of my favorite ways to rest my eyes and still get the content that I'm itching for, because I mean, we're, I'm always looking at a screen, but now I'm always looking at a phone screen, a laptop, a television, a desktop, always looking at a screen. But one of the things that I like to do is I put in my Raycon wireless earbuds and I'm listening to good stuff with my Raycons. I am in love with my Raycon headphones. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I love the way they fit. They're comfortable. I was walking around the other day. I did wasn't even, well, when I was asked what I was listening to, I said, chewing the fat. Like, I mean, that's rules of the podcast. But I really wasn't listening to anything. And my kids are like, why do you, are you, what are you listening to? I'm like, nothing. Why? You still have your Raycons in. Oh, I just, I just left them in. Because they just, I forget they're there. They're so comfortable. And whether you're catching up on your favorite news podcast, chewing the fat, or, you know, other things that you listen to. I know that. Uh, binging an audiobook, powering through your workout with, uh, you know, your pumped up playlist. A pair of Raycons in your ears can make all the difference. There's no dangling wires or stems to get in your way. They come in a range of uh, stylish colors and they're always comfortable. I told you they're always comfortable. I forget they're there. Uh, I love them. I, I, I truly do. They, they fit great. Uh, they're built to perform anywhere, anytime. 
water and one of my favorite sweat resistant construction and uh, the bluetooth pairs quickly and seamlessly with whatever you want to use them with and there's enough battery life for six hours of playtime so you can uh you know unplug or you know unsee for a while uh, and use your Raycons just to uh, you know get that content that you want. So uh, Raycons offering right now fifteen percent off all of their products for you, the listeners of Chewing the Fat. And here's what you got to do: go to buyraycon.com/jeffy, J-E-F-F-Y. That's it. You're going to get fifteen percent off your entire Raycon order. So you know, I mean, you don't have to just order one pair. You can, you know, grab a pair. You know, a spare. You're welcome. 15% off at buyraycon.com slash Jeffy. Buy, B-U-Y, Raycon, R-A-Y-C-O-N, dot com slash Jeffy. Buyraycon.com slash Jeffy. So, Demi Lovato, you know where you love her, right? The 28-year-old pop star is out promoting her documentary that uh, releases on YouTube April 2nd. It is titled Dancing with the Devil. Oh, okay. And it's Dancing with the Devil, the Art of Starting Over. And it's a YouTube documentary. And so she's out promoting that and she's doing some interviews and she claims that she's in recovery now. Look, she almost died of a heroin and fentanyl overdose a couple years ago. And she is, you know, was drinking, talked about her alcoholism and her other addictions and her struggle with all kinds of addictions that she's talked about. She, in fact, (laughs) suffered three strokes and a heart attack during uh, some relapses. Wow. I mean, that's, that's going to be talked about in her YouTube documentary, Dancing with the Devil. Now, she claims that she is now a moderate drinker and a moderate cannabis user because her addiction recovery is what she claims is California sober. (laughs) I don't think that's sober. I don't think uh, even if you know if you uh, if you're if you've given up you know that whole addiction thing, um, and it's still now you're just moderately drinking and moderately doing the, smoking a little cannabis or taking a bunch of cannabis, that's not sober, but it is according to Miss Lovato, twenty eight year old Miss Lovato, it is California sober (laughs) that is incredible i love it now listen she does say that i really don't feel comfortable explaining the parameters of my recovery to people why 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 is that demi well i don't want anyone to look at my parameters of safety and think that hey that works for them because it might not you think you think that your California sober might not work the same for somebody else. (laughs) Look, the complete abstinent method 
isn't a one-size-fits-all solution for everybody. I think there's an argument that uh, it is a one-size solution where you would stop doing it. It's just a thought on my part, though. So, uh, look, the journey of moderation is is a one-size-fits-all solution for everybody. Wait. It is or it isn't. I don't think that the journey of moderation... Oh, yeah, it's not a one-size. Yeah, okay, because I, I read that wrong. Woo. I was thinking, wait a minute, you're, you're double-speaking there, Demi. You must be, uh, you must be high. <laughs> but that's not... No, she's California sober. So she won't say... So she doesn't say what the specifics are of her California sober. But... Uh, She had a stroke, brain damage, blindness, hearing loss, and you're still doing, you know, everything in moderation. Wow. That is, uh, that's, that's a good thing. And not really, but it is. (laughs) So it's a, you know, it's a nice phrase. I like it. Uh, according to uh, the Urban Dictionary, Cali sober is you abstain from everything except marijuana and alcohol. So you get to smoke some dope and you get to drink. But everything else, you know, heroin, fentanyl, oxy, you can't do that. You can't do that. You just, I mean, it's tough. It's tough. <laughs> Now, I will say, I, and, and I, I laugh at this, but I, I kind of understand the process, right? I mean, those stuff, those things are so bad. You watch so many. I, I've been, listened and watched a lot of the uh, heroin recovery shows because it's really just a terrible drug, just terrible. And I watch the people who have kicked it and tried to kick it. Same with meth. They all smoke cigarettes. It's amazing. They still, that's a, and, and I understand that addiction so that's kind of like uh you know uh, it's kind of like your california sober right if you've been doing uh a lot of different hardcore drugs a little bit of alcohol and a little bit of pot to take the edge off is probably not a bad thing so i can understand california sober uh, just, I mean, maybe you just, maybe you, you so you're pr- doing a little bit of the lesser of the evils, right? So you, I, you know, I don't do heroin anymore. It was ruining my life, but I'm going to smoke, you know, two packs of cigarettes a day. Uh, so maybe if you're not doing heroin and fentanyl and oxy, you're, you know, you smoke a little pot, drink a little booze just to get through the day. We'll find out. We'll find out if she goes into more on her dancing with the devil, the art of starting over, which is her uh, new documentary on YouTube dropping April 2nd. And that's also uh, a new song. Uh, Incredible that she has a new album coming out that she's promoting. And that's why we're doing the YouTube documentary. It's funny how that works out, isn't it? And the new song is called California Sober. So, congratulations to Demi for being sober and getting your act together. I hope that's true. All right, let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink because, uh, you know, I'm 
I'm Texas sober. <laughs> Actually, sadly, I am. Is it sadly? Yes, it's sadly. I am Texas sober. So I'll just have my soda and water. I don't even smoke anymore. Jeez. Oh. oh, my gosh. That is so good. All right, so we're in the break room. Can you imagine buying a house, paying cash for it? I, this story is an incredible story because this couple scraped together $560,000 in cash. I mean, who among us? Who among us can't just scrape together $560,000 in cash? Uh, I would just go on record as saying, I can't. Okay, <laughs> even, that's a, it's not even in the in the realm of a conversation. But so this couple uh, scraped together uh, $560,000 in cash and gained title to this home in greater Los Angeles, uh, Riverside. I try to I love how they try to make them off as a young couple. Yeah, they just scraped together 550000 as a young couple. It's a perfect home. Four-bedroom home that they could buy quickly for cash. And it's a nice-looking home. It's fine. And I, I'm not, you know, good for them that they, can, that they can do that. So they buy the house. And the guy who owns it doesn't leave. He's now a squatter there. He's not living. And they can't get rid of him. And there's no lease, no landlord-tenant relationship. He owes no rent. And they can't get rid of them because of the pandemic. <laughs> uh, their attorney, which is and a realtor, is all. I mean, he's like, uh, it's genuinely unfathomable to me that we live in a state where something like this is even possible. Well, duh. They closed in January of 2020. They contacted authorities and tried to get the seller evicted. But because of the pandemic, as I said, uh, no, they can't. They have this case under a COVID tenant situation and there are no evictions under the COVID tenant situation. Well, this is not really anything to do with the COVID tenant situation, right? He isn't a renter. He's not getting thrown out. He got all his money for selling the house and now he won't leave. I mean, this guy is a smart guy, man. And we've talked about other neighbors. I, I feel like we have. Maybe we've talked about it off the air. But I know there's several places, several neighborhoods here even in Texas that uh, new homes get built. And then uh, people just move in. And they just say, you know what? So I'm going to live there now. Uh, I'm going to squat there. And it takes a long time to get people out. A long time. I told you a story once where the guy, uh, one house that I was renting in Florida, the owner talked about the people who lived there before us. He couldn't get rid of them. And they didn't pay their, they hadn't paid their rent in months. And he finally, after all the paperwork was submitted and everything was done, they had up to a certain date or the sheriff's department was going to come in and literally throw them out and so the night before that day they were still in the house so he had you know he was planning on showing up and did show up with the sheriff's department and he rented a, a moving truck and he was going to load up their stuff and take it wherever you know he decided to take it 
and they showed up the next morning everything was gone the house was empty so these people just milked it until the very very end i i don't know if it's the way to live but (laughs) i can certainly understand it but i don't know that i want to live that way that's just uh it's not nice okay it's just not nice and speaking of not being nice uh, the Jerusalem Zoo, and we, I mean, no show in America loves zoos more than this show. I mean, I would venture to say no show in the world loves zoos and talks about zoos more than this program, Chewing the Fat. So the Jerusalem Zoo is now attempting to do damage control. And I don't understand. I mean, why don't they just use it as an educational point? So... The zoo is open and they have their, you know, animals there and they've got kids there. And so there's, and they call it graphic video in the story. It's not graphic video at all, but it shows a lion eating, uh, eating an animal for food. And it's a little rabbit. So, I mean, and the kids apparently were astonished to see the lion devour rabbits in the middle of the day. Parents were shocked, were they? So usually they, you know, they they obviously feed the lions in the back or, you know, wherever they call the, the back of the zoo. And the lion decided, you know what, it's a nice day out. I'm going to bring my food out here and have a little, little food in the sun, you know, like I normally would. And uh, so people are all wound up. So they show the the Asian lions in the zoo, which, by the way, is in danger of extinction. And it's part of the Worldwide Lion Conservation Program. Well, they're fed prey that is no longer alive, which the zoo receives from an animal food provider. Good gig right there. Due to sensitivity, the lions receive their food behind the scenes. In this case, the lion dragged its prey into the exhibition area. You bastard lion. (laughs) You bastard lion. So, uh, I guess there's a story in uh, Israel that's a classic Hebrew children's book called The Lion Who Loved Strawberries, which is about a lion who thinks he likes strawberries, but has never actually tasted them because um, he uh, eats meat. And in fact, finds them disgusting once he does. So I get, you know, obviously social media and Twitter was all about the, uh, you know, the lion who loves strawberries. But why is the zoo? I mean, the zoo should have used this as an educational platform for the children that are there. Guess what? That's what happens in real life. Okay. Uh, They eat meat. They're lions. We show them in their little habitat area so that humans know what lions do. And we're humans, so we keep them in the zoo. Don't start with me, PETA. Don't do it. I don't want to hear it. And they are, even in the story, they talk about that they're on the edge of extinction. So we as humans are keeping this particular breed alive. You're welcome, lion. So just What's the big deal? The kids freak out. Oh, no, little Buffy, the rabbit is getting eaten. No, that wasn't little Buffy. 
Although it could have been if the lion was free. It might have even been you if the lion was free. <laughs> but that's just a silly little rabbit that we breed to feed him. Okay? All right. And the parents were shocked. Stop it. That's what's wrong with America. Oh, wait, this was in Israel? Never mind. Hey, a reminder, if you're listening to this uh, broadcast right now, this show, this podcast on uh, on an app that your friend said, hey, listen to this, and you're not a subscriber, you should become a subscriber, okay? Um, you don't have to use the app that your friend uses. If you're too good for that app, you can pick another app, like, you know, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, there's a plethora of platforms out there that this show is available on. Doesn't cost you any money. It's free. So you get a you become a freeloading subscriber. I mean, you're welcome. It doesn't get much better than that. Everybody loves a freeloading subscriber. Nobody likes it just being a freeloader like you are right now. If you're listening to the show and you're not a subscriber, yeah, you're just a freeloader. Nobody likes freeloaders. You know that. You know that as well as I do. So subscribe to Chewing the Fat. It's Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher, okay? And then you'll be a freeloading subscriber and all in your life will be just that much better. I know. I know. You're welcome. You're welcome. I mean, you might as well follow me on Twitter too, at JeffyJFR. And, you know, you might as well follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Parlor, Jeff Fisher Radio. You might as well come on over to YouTube. Follow me there. Jeff, the Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher on YouTube. Just... You know, be a part of the Chewing the Fat clan or the Chewing the Fat fat. Yeah, that's what it is. (laughs) Loosen your belt a little and let us all in or out as the case may be. So I see that people are taking up my idea now of space trash. So they've got a big testing mission that went up that is going to be, uh, you know, testing how to get rid of space junk. And it launched, or was supposed to have launched anyway, this past weekend from uh, the huge, huge space launching pad in Kazakhstan, who doesn't lift off from the back of the Cosmodrome in Kazakhstan. Okay, so the technology carried out by two spacecrafts launched together. It's a a nearly 400-pound service satellite and a 40-pound client satellite, and they're being used to simulate a piece of orbital debris. So they're up practicing trying to get rid of this stuff in space. Now, they've, according to this person, John Auburn, uh, Astroscale's managing director in the United Kingdom, We've been working on for eight years to turn this difficult problem into a business. Have you? Have you? Because this is something I've been talking about for at least that long and probably more. And now they're, you know, more concerned than ever on the overcrowding in orbit. Uh, Yeah, no kidding. There's a huge amount of Internet satellites flying around the globe. That's why we've talked about it. Now, John kind of, you know, 
kind of ticks me off because he says this is an issue like plastics in the ocean oh okay yeah i know well why don't you fix the giant plastic island then before you go up into space because there isn't one oh okay but we do know that it's an issue with uh with satellites now they're looking at different ways to you know kind of grab onto them and then bring them down to low orbit so they go into our orbit and burn up they believe that most of it will be burned up into space and they also are looking uh, you know so they get get rid of it they bring it down and then they you know let it go so it starts tumbling away into our atmosphere and gets burned up now they're also said they're looking into like a giant magnet that they would come up on the whatever the piece of trash is and they would you know latch onto it boom and then they would you know bring it down and i guess you know shut off the magnet and let it drop into the atmosphere so it burns up wow okay all right so i i don't know we have they talk about the orbital crash that occurred in 2009 when uh, the russian satellite cosmos 2251 smashed into the u.s-based iridium 33 communication satellite and that collision created a cloud of more than 2,000 pieces of space junk measuring at least four inches wide and i think you know we saw what could happen when something like that happens in the documentary gravity that was the title of the documentary uh, way back in 2013 with sandra bullock and george clooney ed harris was in it i love those guys uh but you saw what could happen when space debris starts flying around like that and ruins the space station and it was ugly it wasn't pretty it wasn't pretty at all so we need to stop that and that's why we need uh that's why we need space trash pickup and so i hope this team works it out but they've been working on it that long and they're not even this close to it they're just testing up there now they aren't sending space garbage trucks up there yet let's go call me call me and uh, we'll figure it out and i will help you okay over there at the astro scales uh, trash company for space there john auburn will will get past your whole issue with plastics in the ocean and we'll continue to worry about space junk okay and speaking of space junk i guess congratulations are in order uh former senator bill nelson from florida uh has been tapped to be the head of nasa now wow uh look i you know i have talked to former senator bill nelson before he represented uh, florida for a long time and he was an astronaut worked for nasa uh, you know spent six days in orbit in the space shuttle way back in 86 he conducted medical experiments and stress tests in space and researched and he was you know that's what kept him in office he was a democrat and he wasn't he was you know it's kind of agonizing i will say the picture they showed of him uh this year or late last year in washington yeah, it looks like Bill's had a little work done. Uh, he's got a little tightening of uh, some work done around his face. I mean, I thought he retired and just wanted to, you know, hunt on his land in Florida, which is surprising since he was such a big gun control guy. But uh, he's going to be in charge of NASA now, the head of NASA. Congratulations. Look, he's the same age as Joe Biden. So he's 78. So he's got plenty, plenty of good years left. Plenty. I haven't seen Bill in a while. 
And so, I'm sorry, uh, former Senator Nelson. And I haven't seen him in a while, so I don't know what his, you know, how he's moving around, how things are looking. But the picture of him at the end of 2021, just, you know, four or five months ago, he doesn't look bad. Looks like uh, he's had a little tightening up around the eyes. Uh, the face is still looking a little tight. He's got a little Florida sun face, which, you know, of course, he's from Florida. And so that means he's been out into the, you know, out in Florida sun. You don't live in Florida without getting a little little bit of Florida tan. So congratulations. Congratulations, because I'm sure he'll be great for NASA. So I see where Microsoft is going to start bringing workers into its Seattle area headquarters at the end of this month, the end of March. I know that certainly feels like a good thing, and I don't know. I mean, companies are realizing now they're they're torn, right? They felt like, well, we don't need people to have all this office space, but people do need to have work with fellow employees and see them face-to-face. But, uh, and we, ha- you know, so they're bringing back to work. We'll see how that works out because I see where a new stat that 49% of American adults feel uneasy about resuming in-person interactions after the pandemic winds down. Well, it is winding down. This is a new survey from the American Psychological Association. And we have plenty of companies that are offering, uh, you know, free stuff to be vaccinated, right? I mean, other than, I mean, companies are saying, hey, we'll give you time off and you can, you can do all this, uh, you know, you will give you a couple of days off. We'll give you eight hours. You can do this to be, go get vaccinated. No problem. I mean, yesterday we had Krispy Kreme tell us, hey, if you get vaccinated, we'll give you a free donut every day till the end of the year. Um, okay. No problem. I mean, we just saw a weight gain study that I'm sure has nothing to do with Krispy Kremes, like we've been eating enough Krispy Kremes as it is. But according to this new study, Stress in America Pandemic Survey, they pulled 3,013 adults in the U.S. and found that the majority, 61%, have experienced undesired weight changes. So you're guessing, well, everybody, they must have lost weight, right? <laughs> right. 42% of U.S. adults said they gained more weight than they had intended. And of those, they reported gaining an average 29 pounds. Wow. 10% said they gained more than 50 pounds. Wow. And of course, weight gain leads to obesity. You could put people at higher risk of serious illness from coronavirus. Really? Thank you. More women. reported weight gain than men, 39%, but men reported a higher average gain at 37 pounds compared to the women's average of 22 pounds. Wow. So, I mean, people are eating. So that was nice of, uh, you know, Krispy Kreme. I said yesterday that they should, uh, you know, one donut a day for the vaccination. And how about a six pack? Maybe this is Krispy Kreme's way of cutting people back. We'll give you a donut a day. That's your limit. You get one a day. <laughs> but uh, we have breweries offering uh, 10 cent beers. The one in Cleveland offering 10 cent beers to the first 2,021 people. See what they did there that show proof of the vaccination. 
through its beer and the shot promo. <laughs> it's actually kind of cute. Uber and Lyft have been providing free and discounted rides to and from vaccine sites. And a luxury hotel in Dubai is offering 25% discounts to fully vaccinated UAE residents. I mean, and we're, you look, there's been, uh, we're, we've got, you got to be uh, fully vaccinated on a cruise. Uh, you've got to be able to show that you've been vaccinated and or are negative to fly on some airlines. So, you know, uh, good luck. However, I will say that it's probably a good idea to invest in the mask companies. The companies that make masks. Because if you think that those are going away, (laughs) you are sadly mistaken, man. And when they said, you know, even if you're vaccinated, you have to wear a mask. Yeah. I mean, I just saw a headline moments ago that said three fully vaccinated Hawaiian residents had tested positive for COVID-19. Okay. So if they're already vaccinated and now they're positive for COVID-19, it didn't say what strain, it was just the headline, uh, they will tell you that everyone needs to be social distanced and wear a mask from here to eternity. So invest in the mask. shooting in Colorado they uh, 10 people uh, lost their lives one was a police officer and they have charged a man now with 10 counts of first-degree murder Ahmad al-Alawi Alisa 21 year old with a history of violence whose brother said he was deeply disturbed and uh, the story goes on to talk about how he was saying people were following him and running him around and of course uh, it's horrible the whole thing is just just horrible but of course the usual suspects show up after a mass shooting and that is uh, gun control and no gun control now here in America uh, it is we believe in no gun control really we do because I don't see it. I see a lot of gun control and I see a lot of people trying to, uh, trying to take over gun control and man, they do it fast. They do it fast. I know that we went after the one Congresswoman who said no gun control, but we have other Congress people are saying, Oh, gun control. And it's obviously okay for people to come out and say, we still need common sense gun control. So it's more important than ever to know what you believe more important than ever to know what you believe and be ready to act on it. I saw a news report yesterday, a news report yesterday where the supermarket shooting interview, the news was there. Uh, they were there interviewing a man and they interviewed a man who said his daughter and grandchildren were in the store and were texting him when the shooter was making his rounds through the store and claimed that they shot a woman in front of them and they hid in a coat closet. I mean, that's just horrific. And he's, you know, he's really happy about his family being alive. And yet you've got, you are sad because of the other loss of life. And he says in the interview, a half a dozen stormtroopers, cops came through the roof and got them. 
And this, and then he said in the interview, this puts a big pitch for gun control. It does put a big pitch for gun control, but it doesn't necessarily have it happen. It does the exact opposite for me. It makes a big pitch for no, because uh, no, we don't need the gun control. It's not gun control that caused this. You read the story about this guy. He was whacked out of his mind and the family knew he was whacked out of the, out of his mind. Now, do they... You know, obviously no one thinks that brother Ahmed Al-Alawi Alyssa is going to, uh, you know, go out and shoot a bunch of people. But maybe you try to get them a little bit of help. And maybe they did. And you know, it's very possible that they did. And, you know, it didn't work. And so, you, you know, you've just got the crazy brother that you are trying to corral and try to take care of. And you don't foresee this horrific act of violence. But it doesn't have anything to do with gun control. If this crazy person wants to hurt people, he's going to find a way. Guns or no guns. Anyway, you know, things are not looking good. Things are not uh, just uh, just uh, I get away from the the shooting because it was just horrific. But the things are not looking good for Deshaun Watson, um, the Houston Texans quarterback. Uh, he may a he may not be the Houston's quarterback uh, much longer, and he is uh, allegedly a serial harasser whose behavior escalated to forced oral sex. Tony Busby, uh, his uh, the attorney for at least. 12 women filing civil assault lawsuits against Deshaun Watson. Wow. Uh, He said uh, that he has uh, seven suits and five more coming, and those may have already been filed by now. Uh, And he said the case isn't about money. We've pleaded uh, the jurisdictional minimum of $500. It's certainly not about seeking publicity or fame. I don't need it. These women don't want it. This case is about female empowerment and taking the power back. Okay. Uh, good luck. Good luck. I mean, he said, the, the attorney said he's got death threats coming in. His children and colleagues from social media commentators. I mean, he is, uh, you know, he's got the got the, the accusers. Now, Watson has hired his own attorney. The guy who got Roger Clemens acquitted in 2012. Remember, Clemens was accused of lying to Congress. And uh, attorney Rusty Harden got him off, and he is Deshaun's attorney. And he said, I'm extremely proud to represent Deshaun Watson and wholly stand behind him against what we believe are meritless allegations. All right. I mean, some of them say that he, you know, they're massage therapists, and they all... You know, we're massaging him and he would end up with a body part getting harder than normal. Or maybe that was normal. And he would uh, want a massage and maybe not just with your hands. Uh, and, uh, the, you know, the, I read one report that talked she felt scared and confused and powerless and confused. And feared what Watson would do to her career. The suit says she suffers from panic attacks, depression, and anxiety. 
seeking counseling and has trouble sleeping. Okay. Uh, a separate suit claims that Watson forced uh, this massage therapist to perform oral sex. Uh, after contacting her on Instagram, he allegedly made it clear that he could help her hurt her career. I, yeah, he could help it because he's, you know, he would get you more jobs with other NFL players that have a lot of money. But could he hurt it? Uh, I don't know. Uh, you felt scared and confused. You, you, this is this is back to Harvey Weinstein days. Okay, I mean, guess what? You have the power to say no. I know, okay, it's a dirt bag, I got it, but you have the power to say no. I mean, that's the Tiger Woods stuff. I mean, all these women now, they're talking about the tell-all books that are coming out. These two of the, two of the, uh, two of the big affairs women are saying that they're going to be writing uh, tell-all books, both Jamie Jungers and Rachel Yucatel. And they say it couldn't be good. Whatever. What are you talking about? Tiger's got the HBO documentary that uh, covers it all. It's been his whole life is in the news, man. It's not bad for him. It's over. Have a nice day. You can write your books and tell all you want. And all he Tiger has to say is whatever. Let them say whatever they want. Because uh, have a nice day. It's over. At least you hope it is. And of course, we you know he's still in the news because he never hit the brakes during the car wreck. So... Uh, that's why he had an accident. Uh, he was all by himself. No one else got hurt. He's paying for it. Can we move on now, please? Can the sheriff's department go do something good rather than investigate the tiger accident that didn't do harm to anyone but him? Uh, maybe we, I don't know, put up a couple of new signs that tell people to slow down where his accident was. Or we put out a police car with the lights on so people slow down when they're coming down that road. Was, I mean, okay, it was Tiger Woods. The accident was horrific. He got hurt. Okay, so he didn't take his foot off the gas. No kidding. That's why he had the accident. I mean, come on now. No one else was hurt. Nothing else happened. I'm sure Genesis Company, the car company, is you know distraught over losing the tiger car i'm sure that they'll get over it and uh you know tiger's covering the bill so let's you know let's wrap up the tiger case please let's be done with it let's move on (laughs) 